Welcome to Axios Church Online. We're so excited you had joined us here on our online campus. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifted you throughout your week. Enjoy this message. Walmart bought out. I mean, why do you need this? And people are like, oh, they're, going, they're losing their minds because hurricane season. And then, being the weatherman I am, you see this guy on the screen. When you see Weatherman Jim on the screen, a couple miles from your house, the apocalypse is about to happen. Then this man shows up, you know it's about to go down. You know that it's not only going to be a, wet, a, a little storm. When Jim shows up, I remember one year, my man Jim, leave Jim up there. He's, he's the man, all right? He's the weatherman, all right? He's out in the in the the like in the beach, and and he's like holding on to things, and he's like, oh, it's gonna be a kind of nasty. And then like people are just walking on the beach, just jogging. <laughs> and weatherman Jim's like, oh, it's all crazy because the weather is unpredictable. But when Jim shows up, it doesn't matter if it's a four, two, or three. You better hunker down. Jim is in your town. Jim is in your town. In church circles, you can take Jim off there. In church circles, we talk about seasons in life as storms. There's storms in every season. And if we don't know how to navigate the storms in life, the trials, tribulations, the rains, the winds, a storm can either elevate us or take us down. In church circles, we like to wrap around trials and different situations as storms in life. And if you look in the Bible, it talks about God uses storms and rain to show us a picture of how to handle different trials and tribulations that happen in our life. Do you understand? I don't know about you, but has anybody ever been through something before? A storm? Where sometimes it's, it's a category one, you're like, you know what, I got this. But when it hits four and Jim shows up, you're like, God, I don't know what to do. And you don't know how to go left, right? It, it, it's one of those storms. It might be a storm of a health issue in your life, a death in your life. It, it might be somebody backstabbing you, talking trash about you, losing a job. Those storms in life, if we do not know how to handle it and what the Bible says about these things, man, it, it, can, go, it can go crazy real quick. It can be from that three to category four and out of nowhere, a category five. Category five, you're relying on other things besides God and you're trying to weather this storm alone. And you can't. If there's nothing that you hear from me today, I want you to hear this main point. Storms don't make you strong. It's what you choose during the storms that make you strong. You know, people say, man, I just, I just been through life. You know, when they say life, like, like life, you know what they're talking about, right? You can say life, but they're life. You're like, man, this man's hood. I mean, he, he's, been, he's been through it. He's been through it. But people say, because I've been through it, it makes me strong. But in reality, it's what you cling to in the storm that makes you strong on the other side. What does the Bible say about navigating storms? 
and how does it apply to our life on an everyday basis? And how do we weather the storm the right way? Have the preparation, have the things. How do we weather life storms the right way? I want us to understand our first point for today. And it's very important because you need to know this because this is where you can get stuck in a storm. Point number one is storms will come, but storms, they will end. <laughs> you need to know this. Storms will come, but storms have an ending to it as well. Because there's too many people that are stuck in a storm that God already told you to weather through. But you don't know how to get out of it, and you're living on life support on things that you prepared for the storm, and now those things are running out, and you're wondering, how do I get out of this storm? Has anybody been there before? I'm here to tell you this and encouraging you in your life. You might be in the middle of a storm, but the storm is not your end. The storm is not your end. There's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end to your storm. I love the story. Jesus, some of these stories that Jesus lived, like you have to read this thing. It's good stuff. It's funny, a little scary, but also so impactful for our life. I love the story that Jesus was in a storm with his disciples on a boat. And let's go to uh, uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 35 and 41 to give a little context of what we're going to talk about. As we know that storms will come, but storms will also end as well. 35, that day when they, the evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in a boat. So right now, you got to give context to this. They just fed the 5,000, like all these miracles just happened. And Jesus is tired, exhausted, and he said, hey, let's get on a boat and go to the other side away from these crazy people. I need to rest a little bit. I need to go. People are asking so much of Jesus in this moment. He said, hey, just for a moment, let's sit back, relax, and let's go to the other side. Um, and then on 37, a furious squall um, came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care if, you, if we drown? Stop right there. This is Jesus, guys, a trip. He tells them to get on this boat. It wasn't the disciples. It was Jesus. Hey, let's go chill on a boat. Chill. Right when they get on the boat... A storm happens to the point, this is a category five storm where like the water is coming over the boat. Things are getting a little sketchy and the disciples look for Jesus and he's at the bottom of the boat knocked out. I don't know about you, but I'm not holy enough to look at Jesus and be like, bro, you put me in this situation. I was on land. But now I'm in the middle of the ocean, and you did it. I understand where the disciples were in this moment. They're like, this guy's tripping. This Jesus guy. This man put me in this boat. Now I'm about to die. You ever been there before where you exaggerate your situation? Uh, you guys are holy. I mean, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the biggest exaggerator. I have a back pain. My whole body's falling apart. Toothache, take them all out. Dentures, I, I don't need it. They're exaggerated, but 
can we be real? They had every right to exaggerate. They're in the middle of the most difficult time of their life. They see death in their face. And where is Jesus? Sleeping. You've been there before where you're like, God, where are you? And you're in the middle of a boat. And you're like, God, are you like in Africa somewhere? Or do you see me? Have you ever been there before? God, have, do you notice me? Do you see me? Do you know where I'm at? Do you see what I'm feeling? Have you been there? Yeah. This is where disciples were. So they said, teacher, do you not care? Do you not care if we drown? Jesus got up. He rebuked the wind and said, waves, be quiet and be still. Then the winds died down and was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? <laughs> this guy's like, wait, I'll be like, did you just see that wave? He hit the boat. What are you talking about? Why am I afraid? Do you still not have no faith? God, it's not about faith here. It's about death. <laughs> they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and waves obey him. Now, this is where I get with the disciples. If you don't really trust Jesus, why get in the boat? Because at the end of it, they're like, oh, this, surely this is the son of God. He, the winds and waves obey. But wasn't he the son of God on land? <laughs> Jesus comes. He still got crust in his eyes. My man's a big book, eye booger right here. He gets up and goes, hey, winds, <laughs> calm down. Be quiet. And the winds calm down. Imagine the disciples. I would have poo-pooed my pants. Because here's the reality. Waves were all over the place. And this man just wakes up, says still, and it calms. Let me say this. Don't lose your mind on the boat because Jesus is still there. We tend to lose our mind in the middle, middle of our storms in life. And we're thinking Jesus is so far away, but he's just under the boat waiting for you to have a little bit of faith. You see, this is too much. This is too hard for us to think and comprehend at times because we believe that we look at Jesus as Superman Jesus. Get your cape and whenever I need you, fly to me. Get a little bit of web action and save me. Superman, Spider-Man, all of them. All the Marvel and DCs, all of them put together. Okay? When I need you, I need you to come and swoop me off. But I don't know about you, that don't happen at times. He wants you to grow in the storm. We tend to lose our mind when storms come. We can't handle storms because the control that we once have, we don't know. We don't have it anymore. When a hurricane comes, it doesn't matter what control you have. It doesn't matter if you have a board, you have a whatever. If, the, if a flood comes, your flood comes. If a wind wants to knock that tree down, guess what? The wind's going to knock that tree. You can't be like, hey, can we not hit this tree? Can we go around it? No, because you have no control. And that's why we lose our minds in the middle of the storms. And we say that God is so far away is because we still want to control the situation. And you can't control what God can only calm. You can't control what God can only calm. We have to give our life and give our all in the middle of the storm. We need to rely on God more and not rely on us. 
but we rely on us more because we can handle it with our hands. And in reality, because we don't see God, we really don't believe him. We just think a concept of God. We want the God that only helps us when we need him. But we can't trust him in the middle of the storm. Sometimes we make rash choices in the boat, in the storm, but we have to realize he's still in the boat. See, I'm not downplaying your situation, but I'm saying when the rains of life comes and the floods and it becomes so dark, be reassured that he is close and not far. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says like this, fear not for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will give, and I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Righteous right hand means the hand of authority. That means He's in control, even when it seems not ideal. And you're like, God, why you want to control a situation like this? Guess what? He's still in control. You got to believe that. In Isaiah chapter forty-one, verse thirteen, says, "For I am the Lord your God. Hold your right, uh, hold your right hand. It is." It is I who say to you, fear not, for I'm the one who helps you. It might seem that Jesus hit the snooze button on your storm, but I'm here to tell you that he is here to calm your waves. It's at his timing. But here's the promise. He doesn't say that he takes away storms in life, but he gives a promise while you're in the storm. And here's the promise in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. Somebody needs to write this verse down for your life. It says, when, the, when I pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, and the flames will not set you ablaze. He's a promise keeper even in the midst of the storms. He didn't say it was an absence of the storms. He said he will be on the boat with you to navigate this. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10 says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. This storm will end. Don't lose yourself in the middle of the storm. Navigate it. Trust him. He's still there. He's not far. And see that he will establish you, restore you, and, and, and strengthen you in this storm. Number two I need you to know in storms is God uses storms for a purpose. Let's go to the story of Noah. Noah, build a boat. A big boat, because I'm going to wash everything away. Like, it's, it's, it's gone. I need you to trust it. Uh, imagine the faith that Noah had to have. While people are ridiculing him, while people are laughing at him, while people are, are just talking trash about him as he builds this boat, he says, no matter what, I'm going to do what God called me to do. What if God tells you to um, build a boat in the midst of your storm? And it seems crazy. I'm not talking about a physical boat. But what if, what if God tells you to do something crazy in the midst of your storm? He told Noah to build this boat because the storms are going to come. Maybe God has you in this storm to get you away from the hurricane you were going to put yourself in. 
Because at times we put ourselves in storms that we should never be in. And it becomes a tornado real quick. What if you're cursing this storm that is really the storm to save you from yourself? Now, this is too much. Because at least God told Noah that a storm was coming and to be prepared. But I don't know about you. That doesn't happen to me a couple of times. We got to be, what, what do you say? We got to be ready. You got to stay ready. Be ready to stay ready. Whatever he said. He said it better than me. You got to be ready. You, 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 let me get, here's a newsflash. Storms will come. And they're going to pop up. It's not going to be like, hey, can this storm come at August, whatever, at 3 o'clock? It don't happen like that. You have to be ready in God's word. And what if he's saving you from something outside that is trying to kill you? Because that's what he did with Noah. He said, Noah, what, I, what is going to happen on the outside of this boat? is going to take you down. It's going to kill you. So I need you to build something solid so you can save not only you but your family, all these animals, from what is trying to kill you on the outside. And I got something to tell you today. What are you building in the middle of your storm? Are you trusting God? Because this concept of saving and this concept of, of God, you know, using storms in life, it, it, it goes all through the Bible. David needed a Goliath. Gideon needed a fight. Jacob needed a limp. Paul needed a thorn. Moses killed people. Mary had to bear ridicule from people for holding the promise of Jesus inside. Joseph... His, uh, Joseph, it was sold to slaves. Joseph, Jesus' dad, had a bare embarrassment. There's always going to be a storm in life. It's a thread throughout the Bible. But what we see in all of those scenarios is at some point, they had to turn to God. At some point. They had to be like, hey, I'm not going to curse God in this situation. I'm going to use this storm for purpose in my life and not for me to go the other route. That's what we need to know. No, you're not David. No, you're not Gideon. No, you're not all these people in the Bible. But guess what? God has put a purpose in your life. God has put a plan in your life. You have to know and navigate the storms and know at some point you have to give it to God. The storms can come and, and be strong in our life. But what if this storm that you are so ridiculing and being mad about, maybe it's saving you from something that is trying to kill you on the outside. Noah had to go through the hassle of building the right structure to weather the storm. Let me say it like that. He just only built a structure. He had to build the right structure to weather the storm. storm. There was specific, uh, there was like dimensions and the right tar and the right wood that God told him to do. Why? Because there's a formula to the storm of the, the end of your storm. And it all revolves around his word and us being attentive to his voice. What are you building in your life that is going to protect you from the storms of life? 
Without the effort of building, there is no chance of survival. So what are you building on? Are you building on others' opinions? Are you building on your money? Are you building on relationships? Are you building on just your job, your status? Are you building your life on those things? And the question I ask for you today, can those weather the storms in life? Are they just resources and not the source? But when you build your vessel with God's instructions in your life, whatever storms come, you will be saved because you're doing it God's way. God's way. Some of us can't understand why things are because we're not doing it God's way. I'm not here to sugarcoat it anymore. You ain't doing it God's way. Things will pop up that you can't weather. Oh, it's because I uh, anxiety and all. Yeah, yeah, all the things are real, but the reality is you haven't turned to God. Oh, I'm depressed and I need this and that. Yes, 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 depression is a real thing. And yes, you can get help from it. But, but, but have you turned it to God? Have you built things around your vessel that is going to help you weather this storm? Are you surrounding your vessel with people that are going to encourage you, not make you have cracks in your boat? Or are you, are you building one side one way that God did and then the other side another way and you're wondering why your boat is unbalanced is because you didn't do it God's way. I'm preaching too good today. God will always give you a vessel to navigate your storm. It might be his word. It might be godly counsel. It might be a good friend, a sermon, worship, a family member. There's our vessels that are needs to surround us that is going to help us succeed and overcome these storms. And it determines what vessel we pick. When you attach to things that only are going by what you feel and not what is right, you are not dealing with the root of the issue, and it's going to lead to cracks in your boat, and you're not going to be able to bear the storm. You're not. You can, you can throw every horoscope at it. You can throw every personality test at it. You can throw every counseling session at it. If you don't give it to God, you're not going to be able to bear it. Because there's humanity, and then there's God's plan. We have to collide those. So when storms come, we're not getting taken down because we are built solid in him. We are built solid. The great thing about it is through the storm, he always shows us the peace that he has for us on the other side. Because what happened to Noah? The storm went crazy, and the dove came, right, to show, hey, it might seem a little still crazy, and the water's still here, but I am here still. I never left you. And he gives us that peace that passes our, our own understanding. And the last thing I need you to know, worship can come up, or Cole. Number three, why a storm? <laughs> Why do we need these storms? Why does God use these things to help us in our life? Because if we're real, these things, these storms, how do I say this? In King James Version, 
they sucketh. Why? Why? Have you ever been honest with God? God, why, why can't I have it the easy way? <laughs> like, like, God, like, I've been faithful. I love you. And I, we, we, we good, right? You ever been that? I had that conversation with God before. Like, all these storms were like, God, are we good? Like, uh, are we still boys? Because I asked, the, I asked God questions that they're like, why? You know it's okay to ask why. Let me break every traditional, biblical, like, not biblical, because it's, it's not biblical, every churchy thing that you ever heard. You can ask a question. <laughs> we grew up, I grew up, where if you ask why, you have no faith. Where you ask why, you're not really a Christian. But isn't every truth have to start with a question? It's okay to ask why. But at some point, you got to decide who do you trust. Because there's going to be why questions, but sometimes there's going to be no answers to that why. And you have to know who do you believe in. So no, you can't, you're not going to be thrown aside to the pits of hell because you ask why. How do you know? Look in the Bible. He had the, the doubting Thomas. My man was questions all, you know those kids that ask all the questions and you're like, learn by yourself. Get on YouTube. That was Thomas. When the disciples were going this way, Thomas would be like, why? And I can imagine Peter being Peter who he is, like just alpha male, you know? They're, they're going, and, and Thomas like, but why? And Peter's like, bro, like the middle schoolers, bro, stop asking him so many questions. But he's curious. And do you see God ever rebuke him? Even to the time where Peter's like, hey, J Jesus shows up after he, he, he resurrected and he went to his disciples. And, and Jesus literally, it says that he goes through the, he just pops out through a, a door. It, the door didn't open. My man just like, Jesus. It said he, he just appeared. I don't know about you, but if a, if a person just appears, I'm like, all right, this man got it. This has to be Jesus. But even to that point, Thomas like, I don't believe it. I need to see the scars. I need to see it. And what did you, if I was Jesus, I'd be like, bro, I just came through a door. But what did Jesus do? Come touch it. I'm not, I'm not downplaying your question, but I'm giving you the answer you want. So why a storm? ultimate purpose of this storm is for you to be better and to get better. Let me say it like this. The purpose of this storm is for you to flourish. To flourish. 
A plant needs water and rain for it to flourish. It didn't say, hey, give little droplets of water. It doesn't matter what water comes. It still needs it to grow. So why do you need this storm? Why are you in this storm? I'm here to tell you it's because he is wanting you to flourish in life. We're having the hard time right now of conditioning with our boys for soccer. Bro, they hate us, right, Carlos? Bro, these kids, so we were playing competitive soccer with our boys. Our boys play soccer. We've been playing forever. But we're, we're coaching them this year. And, um, bro, it is 2,000 degrees outside. I mean, it is hot. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not exaggerating. And we got these boys out there. My son Elijah hates practice. I mean, hates. I mean, before every practice, he has a little Google, what is those things called? A Google Nest thing. He goes, hey, Google, what's the weather for today? <laughs> he is praying that we get lightning so he doesn't every time. Hey, Google, what's the weather for 6 o'clock in North, North Lakeland? <laughs> but we tell, we're telling them that you might be going through, I mean, kids are throwing up. We <laughs> got this one kid. We're like, yo, get in line. And he's like, he's just hunkered up. And his mom's like, he's throwing up. And we're like, okay, <laughs> let him throw up. But we tell them, we're, do, we're pushing you because we need to get you mid-season ready. Because there's going to be times where we're down, you know, a goal or two, and we need, we need that extra the extra jump to jump in. We don't need you to be tired. We're getting you prepared for what is to come. We need you to get, and they don't understand that at times. But as coaches, we still need to push them because we know what is to come. See, that's how we are sometimes. Where we're like, God, I don't understand this. God, I, I, I feel sick to my stomach at times. Why am I dealing with this? And God's like, hey, I'm just getting you ready for midseason form. I'm getting you ready for what is to come. I know you don't see what is going to come, but I do. So I know you might need to be throwing up right now. I know it's hot. I know the circumstances around you might not seem ideal. I know you don't understand that I'm building something on the inside of you for what is to come. But I need you to trust me in this process. Because there is a midseason. There is a game that I need you to play, and I need you to play strong. I need you to play with determination. I need you to finish this race strong but if you let if you just if you just curse me and you quit the team at the practice you're never going to see the reward of what I have for you later Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 7 and 8 says it like this blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord who trusts in the Lord he is like a tree planted by the water that sends out roots to the stream and, and does not fear when heat comes. For it leaves, remains green, and is not anxious in the year of the drought. For it does not cease to bear fruit. What if you're cursing God in a season where he wants to plant you? 
Because a hurricane comes and messes up trees all over the place. But have you thought about how do some trees survive more than others? Is their root system. Is there dig deep in their root system that when life comes and the hurricane winds come, that they stand strong. But that doesn't, that doesn't happen overnight. That's years and years of growing a root here, a root there, water, and, 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 and just getting bigger, getting better, flourishing more, getting taller. And it, and it, and it stinks because you have to stretch certain areas in your life. And you got to you got to be prepared for other. You have to make um, sacrifices in other areas. You got to make decisions for your family in other areas. And you're being stretched to weather the storm. But I'm here to tell you this: you will grow more in the storm. You will grow more in the storm. I wish it was all butterfly and rainbows, but it's not. And as your pastor, I need to prepare you. I'm the coach on the sideline screaming, run, shoot, go this way, go that way, because I know that things are going to hit your life. And I need to get you prepared for what the enemy is trying to steal in your life. I need you to get prepared for the promises that God has for your life. So I can't, I can't, I can't sugarcoat it with you. I have to get you prepared for mid-season form. Because the storms of life are going to come. Mr. Sam, they're going to come. But we have to be prepared. I know it's not ideal. I know it's not convenient. But God uses storms for us to grow our faith, endurance, and strength. It's better, to, it's better for the storm to come. But we are reassured in the storm that this storm will end, that there's purpose behind this storm, and the purpose for me to flourish at the end. You can weather the storm if you do it God's way. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Weather the storm. Are you prepared to weather this storm? Are you prepared to weather this storm? When the rains of life comes, the winds of life come, are you prepared? I know one way you can get prepared. Number one, you can give your life to Christ and start the process there. Number two, you can get in community. Number three, you can get discipled. And number four, trust God fully. Trust God through it and weather the storm the right way. Say, Pastor Eric, with every head bowed, every eyes closed. I'm either inside of a storm right now in life or I know, I know one's coming. And I lost my faith in the storm. And I need to regain that strength. I need to regain that strength in him. That muscle of faith to know that he's still there. If that's you, you say, Pastor Eric, I, I've lost my faith in the storm. If that's you, just slip your hand in the air. Come on, this hand's going all over the place. 
storms will come. Father God, I pray for each and every person that is raising their hand right now, Father. I pray right now that you will show them a supernatural strength that they don't know, even know that they have. On top of that, God, give them a supernatural peace to weather this storm. To let them know that they it's not the end. It's only the beginning of what you want to do in their life. You say, Pastor Eric, I might have failed and built my life around things that are not of him. And I need to rededicate my life to Christ and get my life straight to weather this storm. If that's you, just slip your hand to your Yes, I see that hand. You're not alone. I want everybody pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I need you more than ever. Wash away my sins. Accept me into your kingdom. Help me weather this storm. I don't want to do it without you. I need you in my life. Accept me into your kingdom, and I will live for you all the days of my life. that an amazing message? If you'd like to help partner with us to push this mission forward here in Lakeland, Florida, you can go to axioschurch.com and in the giving tab you can give a one-time donation or a recurring gift. We are so thankful for all of you that have decided to join us this morning and meet every Sunday and we can't wait to see you next time. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, turn on your post notifications, make sure you're tuned in to everything that Axios Church has to offer.